Hey, what's up? Welcome to the Factor Points Podcast. We are in season three. This is episode two and got some surprising news for you. We are launching a YouTube channel and we're not just testing it out. We are all in on YouTube. This is just going to help us uh, propel the message of the gospel and the message of discipleship, disciple making even further. God's called us to expand our reach. And so we're being obedient. Walking by faith doesn't mean just taking a, a, a risk or a blind you know, leap of faith. And it's not blind. We've heard God speak. He wants us to do this. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of Christ. So I believe I've heard from God that he wants me on the YouTube platform. And so there's a strategy in place. I'm going through some training and learning. And so we're going to have podcasts and YouTube going side by side. And there's even more to come that I'm excited to announce to you in the coming weeks. So in this episode, we're continuing from the last one. This is part two of our message about walking in the redemption. And specifically, I I updated the title because I wanted to make sure we got a fuller understanding of what we're talking about uh, in terms of our benefits of the redemption. And so the title now is Breaking the Cycle of Repeat Sin. And I don't know if you if you're anything like me, I found myself in various times in my life, my walk with God, yet still falling to temptations of different types and and dealing with that guilt, that shame that, oh, my gosh, I, I let God down and this happened, that happened. And there's all this 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 uh, kind of barrage of just these negative feelings that overcome you. You know, when you know you messed up, you made a mistake, you sinned uh, and, and did something that's not pleasing in God's sight. Well, the redemption helps us walk in victory over that. But see, we have to apply it. And that's why this ministry is called Factor Points. One of the reasons is we've got to learn how to apply the truth of God's words to our lives so that we can live it. Scripture says in James, don't just be a hearer of the word, but also be a doer of the word. And so this message really ties into this aspect of walking in the redemptive power that Jesus has for us. So we're going to continue. I want to start with just reviewing some of the verses we touched on last week. One of the key ones was Isaiah chapter 43 and verse one. It says, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have redeemed you. Remember the word redeem means to be bought back, to pay a ransom for someone to be liberated. And so I have redeemed you. This verse lets us know right off the bat, we haven't done anything to redeem ourselves. We cannot redeem ourselves. Someone has to redeem us. And that person is God through Jesus Christ. It continues. It says, I have called you by name. You are mine. God knows your name. God knows a name that you don't even know. In the book of Revelation, it talks about, uh, you know, in heaven, we'll get new names. But, but for now, with the name you got, God knows that name. He's redeemed you and he calls you by that name. That name. And we could just say it this, this way. God calls you redeemed. And so, I know what it feels like to sin and then hear the voice of the enemy calling you a sinner, calling you an embarrassment, calling you shameful, calling you a failure. If you're hearing that voice, that's not the voice of God. God doesn't condemn. He convicts and he lifts us up and and compels us to come back into that state, that place of redemption that Christ died that we might have. I know you by name. I have redeemed you and I have called you by name. You are mine. So be encouraged right now. If you're born again, you've received Jesus as your Lord, as your Savior. You've repented 
of sin. You've been washed in the blood. You are the redeemed of the Lord. You can declare it because he declares that that's who you are. Isaiah chapter 44 and verse 22 says this, I have wiped out all your wrongdoings like a thick cloud and your sins like a heavy mist. Return to me for I have redeemed you. Now think about this. It's so fitting what we're talking about here. Return to me for I have redeemed you. It's like God is saying to the children of Israel at this time and he's saying to us today, for the believer, for the son, the daughter of God, when we fall, we mess up. We don't fall out of salvation. We don't fall out of redemption. But in our minds, we can feel like because of what we've done or what's been done to us, even sometimes we can have this feeling of, man, I'm now separated from God. I failed God. See, your salvation was never based on your works. And so your works can't then separate you from the love of God either. So he compels us to return to me for I have redeemed you. He's saying, why? You can't go back into bondage. You're living like you're back in bondage, but I redeemed you. You're set free from the captive, the penalty of the law of sin and death. I paid the price. The ransom has been paid in full. Jesus said it is finished. Therefore, return to me. Walk in the freedom that's been purchased for you. I want to break down, if you will, uh, a pattern that that I see, you know, uh, that happens in the lives of believers. It's happened in my life. And, you know, again, this message of redemption gives me the freedom and encouragement to walk uh, free from this cycle. And what happens is this, you know, you're born again, you're redeemed, but then you still have that sin nature that knocks at the door as well and, and temptation comes. And and so when we fall and we, 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 we make those missteps, then we tend to just get into a cycle of shame, a cycle, a cycle of embarrassment, a cycle of disappointment and all these negative things. And then when the enemy brings that in, see, the enemy plays both sides of it. He first tempts you and then he beats you up when you commit the sin. And so then he says even further, what's the point? You might as well just keep on sinning. You're, you look at what you just did. You're so weak. Obviously, God didn't give you the strength to do it. See, he tries to even blame God and say, well, you might as well just continue in this sin. Maybe you'll just never walk in victory over this. But see, this is where we've got to turn the tables. This is where the Holy Spirit turns the table for us to get this message of redemption. So rather than going from sin to a cycle of shame and then repeating sin, we, we switch it and go from sin to redemption. And applying what this word says, return to me for I have redeemed you. See, Jesus doesn't say, all right, you blew it. You, you, you wasted my redemption. Stay away from me. He says, return to me. I have redeemed you. And so in that returning to him because of redemption, we are reconciled. Reconciled means to be brought back to that union, that closeness, that connectivity with God, where we're not staying away from God because we feel dirty and ashamed, but we reunite with God because we know we're redeemed, we're forgiven, and we're set free from the power of that sin. Once we start walking in that reconciliation and start getting back to our discipleship habits of prayer, of studying the word of God, of worshiping God, and in that moment of temptation, making the choice to worship, learn, and serve versus making the choice to fall to that sin. You got to understand it's a choice. 
were not just, oops, what just happened? I didn't have any control over that. No, you had control over it. No, you made a choice. You were weak. But see, we've got to uh, lean into the grace of God, the power of God, so that it strengthens us. Resist the enemy and he will flee from you, it says in the book of Hebrews. And as we continue to do that, we develop that resistance over temptation, over sin. And it's not, listen, it's not our strength. It's not our effort. It's his strength. It's his effort working in and through us. And as we walk in that reconciliation, then we get the reward. And listen, the reward of walking in victory over sin, it's a reward in and of itself. I'm not even talking about all the other blessings and so forth that come from the Lord. Just the reward of walking in that freedom, walking in purity, walking in holiness, knowing that you're living a life that's pleasing in his sight feels good. Getting out of that cycle of sin and shame over and over again, over and over again, that's hard. That's that's a burden. And Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So if you feel like it's this burden, then you're carrying something that Jesus didn't call you to carry. He didn't call you to carry repeats in. What does he give you in place? Redemption. I want to give you another verse in this part two of this teaching. It comes from Ephesians chapter one and verse seven. And it says this, in him, we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. In him, we have redemption through the power of his blood. I'm going to dive into this so we really can just go deeper in understanding how it is we walk in this. Again, factor point. How do I factor this point of God's redemptive power. How do I factor it? How do I apply it and include it in my everyday life so that I can walk in it? Well, the answer is we do it in him. In him, we have redemption through his blood. So guess what? Blood has already been shed. He took care of that 2000 years ago. No more animals has to be sacrificed. You don't have to, you know, you guys know that there are people who actually think, you know, in some religions in the world, they think they have to cut themselves and do things and shed their own blood to atone for their sin. They don't know that a sacrifice has already been given. The ultimate sacrifice has already been given. The the sinless blood has already been shed for the remission and forgiveness of sin. You don't have to beat yourself up to get back to God. You can receive the penalty, the, the payment that Christ paid for you. He received the beating, he shed the blood, and he went the full distance all the way unto death so that the penalty is paid in full for you and me and all who put their faith in Jesus Christ. Through his blood, we have redemption. And in that is is the forgiveness. So whatever sin that you're continually being reminded of, you're forgiven of it. Why? Because the blood has been shed to pay for it. And so the debt's been paid. It's like if you owe, uh, you know, something, let's say you have a car note, you know, or your, your house, maybe some other, you know, bill, credit card that you're paying off. Imagine going into the bank, you know, and saying, oh, yeah, I want to pay on this on this uh, visa, you know, card that I have as well. And they look up your account and go, "Um, it's paid in full. You go, well, but, you know, I just bought something, you know, and I I just I still feel bad. You know, no, no, no. It's paid in full. Watch this. We can't receive a payment because the account is settled. 
I want you to understand the work that we try to do through beating ourselves up for our sin. It doesn't get added to our account. Why? Because the account is closed. It's paid off. You beating yourself up doesn't get you closer to God. You know what gets you closer to God? Humility, repentance. See, humility is not beating yourself up for how weak you are. Humility is realizing I don't have the strength to do this on my own and I receive what you have done for me. So we receive his, his shed blood. This is what we do when we practice communion. We do this in remembrance of him and what he has done for us. Stop beating yourself up and receive what Christ has done for you. Listen to this. The blood of Jesus is the entry point of redemption. You don't enter into redemption through beating yourself up. You don't enter into redemption through giving money to the church or an online preacher or anything like that. You don't, none of those things, all of those works, they're all artificial and they don't work. The way to enter into redemption is, to, is through the blood of Jesus. And so when we remember that he shed his blood for us, he lived a perfect life, yet he died a sinner's death. He willingly became sin on the cross so that the, that sin that he became on the cross, that was my sin. That was your sin. That was the sin of all mankind culminating on Jesus on the cross. That's why it was so painful. It was so gruesome. It was so horrifying and terrible what he, what he endured. Because in that moment, miraculously in that moment, he took on the sin of all mankind. And it's through his blood that now we have the entry point in him. We have redemption through his blood. Hear this. No blood, no perfect blood of a, of a sinless life who then willingly gives himself as a sacrifice. If no one does that, we don't have an entrance entry point into a redemptive life. The only way to a redemptive reconciled path to God is through the blood of Jesus. Jesus said it this way in the book of John. I am the way, the truth, and the life. What life? The life of redemption and reconciled unto God the Father. He says, no man comes to the Father except by me. Why? Because I'm the only one that's going, that's worthy to go to a cross and shed the blood, right? Because he lived the life that, that qualified for it. So, Jesus has done for us what no one else can. And I'm just going to go there. There's no other religion on the face of the earth throughout all of history, ancient history and, and history to come. There's no religion that can offer the sacrifice, the atonement, the solution for the captivity of a sinful man. Only Jesus. Only Jesus paid the price to redeem us from sin and death. I want you to hear this as well. Forgiveness mercy, not getting what we deserve by itself does not fulfill the penalty of the law. See, if a good judge doesn't just say to a criminal who stands before him, man, that's a really sad story in terms of why you did what you did. You were hungry, so you stole and you you pulled a gun on you know someone. You did all these things because you really needed the money. You were just going through a hard time. You know what? Now that I've heard your story of how hard it was for you and how sad you are, you are the court forgives you the court gives you mercy why is that not the way the court system works or not supposed to work because justice would not be served 
What about that store owner who lost what belonged to him? What about that family member that lost a loved one? What about all the those those wrong things that have happened? See, in order for justice to be served, the scales must be balanced. In essence, a penalty must be paid. What was lost must be restored. So forgiveness in itself is not enough. That's why the blood had to be shed. The shedding of the blood provides the payment for the scales to be balanced. Okay, there's no justice in the eyes of God unless there's an adequate payment. All the blood of the bulls and goats and whatever other animal that was sacrificed in the Old Testament were never adequate enough to balance the scales. Why? Because it's a man who sinned. It's not the bull that sinned. It's not the goat that sinned. It's man that sinned. So it's only the blood of a man that could balance the scales. Therefore, Jesus, son of man. (laughs) That's why he comes, lives a perfect life, dies a sinner's death, because it wasn't until his blood was shed that justice was fully done. So forgiveness by itself is not enough. We need forgiveness and we need a payment. Jesus has done that. That's why in him we have redemption through the blood. Because in the blood, we get not only forgiveness, but we also get a full payment. And this is according to the riches of his grace. In part three of this teaching, I'm going to dive more into the grace of God, the power that lives on the inside of us to help us continue to walk in this. I want to give you one more verse as we wrap this up. In him, we live and move and have our being. That's Acts chapter 17 and verse 28. The Apostle Paul said this. And speaking at Mars Hill and speaking to the people of, uh, of, of that time and that, that region, they had all these statues of all these religions and gods that they worshiped, but then they had one that they called to the unknown God. And so Paul used that as an opportunity to preach the gospel. Let me tell you about the gods you don't know. And so here's one of the things he says about them. I'm paraphrasing some of the other verses in, in the context of this verse. He says, this God, you can't worship him through things you make with your hands because he's not that kind of God. He's 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 immaterial. He's spirit in him. We live and move and have our being who he's trying to get their minds to open up to is that the one true and living God. He transcends statues. He transcends gold and silver and all of that. He's so enormous that in him we live In him we move, and in him we have our being. It continues, even as some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. So he's saying the very nature of God is spirit, and and at the core of who we are, we are spiritual beings. The God who made heaven and earth is a spiritual being. In order to connect with him, we connect with him spirit to spirit. The only way you get that spirit to spirit connection to God is through the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus leads us to redemption. It's in redemption that we get access to God. The enemy wants you to still believe that even though you may be born again, you still are susceptible to and under the power of sin and temptation. And you go through the cycle of sin and shame, sin and and guilt, sin and, and now this feeling and this belief of separation from the Lord. But this message of redemption, this message of the power of God and what he's done for us, I pray that it frees you from this lie from the pit of hell, that you are 
continually in chains. You're not in chains. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So what do we do? What's our factor point? How do we apply this? The effort that we're called to now give to walk in this redemption, the effort is not how much more we have to do. This is not about doing more to walk in the redemption of the Lord. The effort is in how much more I get to receive and the benefit that's already been paid for from the Lord. So what's the doing you have to do? The doing is this receive hands open, hands lifted, uh, a position of humility before the Lord. Lord, I receive from you. So now watch this. Here's your factor point. The next time temptation comes against you, whatever it is, sexual sin, any other sin of the body that, that you know, if you know that there's something going on with your body that you're being tempted with, that's not pleasing to the Lord. It's sin. Let's just call it what it is. It's sin. What do you do? You surrender yourself to the Lord. Okay, that means getting alone for a minute, having a moment of prayer. And listen, I want to tell you, really do what what's what would mean to you uh, a, a point of humility between you and the Lord. So watch this. If it's putting your hands out and just going, Lord, I surrender. If it's getting alone and getting to your knees and saying, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm coming down low because you are the Lord God up high. And I surrender to you so that I can receive the grace that you have in, in the redemption to resist this temptation right now. Take a point, a pivot point and factor the grace of God, the power of God so that you can receive what he has for you. It's not work. It's not the effort. It's not. No, it's receiving the work that's already been done for you through the blood of Jesus, through the cross, through the resurrection. All that you need has already been purchased for you. So again, uh, this message is not about adding to the burden. This message is about a lighter burden and an easier yoke. My yoke is easy. My burden and light is light. Those are the words of Jesus. Father, I pray for those who are listening. I pray for those who are watching that they would walk in the redemptive power of the Lord. This is what Jesus lived died and resurrected that they might walk in. Yeah, we're going to heaven. You believe in Jesus. You've repented of sin. You've accepted him as your Lord and Savior. Heaven is your home, but you can also live in victory on this earth right here and right now today through the redemptive power of Jesus Christ and his grace. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. There's more to come from Factor Points Discipleship Podcast and now YouTube channel. God bless you.